Welcome back, everybody, to episode three of Beyond the Board. And oh, we made it again. I'm going to say again. it every, every time we, we, we did it. Three episodes in. Nah, that's not us. <laughs> this was supposed to stop. This stop with the recording. It was never supposed to get released. But here we are. Um, well, our beautiful, fun threesome of a group has been bang down to two people but hey you can have fun with two people right <laughs> we miss our one but he's gonna he's out and about doing he's adulting obligations. Stuff, obligations that are his personal life so good for him for being responsible and all that such but we the show will go on and but how are you doing colin how are you doing dude freaking living life I'm tired is all poop but you know like we said the show goes on the show goes on i'm I'm I might crack a yerba mate at like 8 p.m., but that's high. Dude, mate is the way to go, bro. It's delicious. It's fantastic. Sorry, I had to take a drink there. That was not mate, but that was sweet, sweet 7-Up. So. <laughs> sweet, sweet nectar. <laughs> you know, Pepsi tried all they could to copy Sprite, but. Yo, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. The only thing good that came out of Seven Up was the holiday special cranberry one. That that one slaps. Okay. And I will go to war for that Seven Up. You know, I'm not promoting drinking, but I will say it's delicious with vodka. That, Amen. Oh, you, Amen. Oh, read, read the mind. Read Amen. the mind. Amen, brother. I totally agree. Uh, anyway, <laughs> speaking of combining two things together that is a perfect segue into what we are talking about so um, we've kind of stayed on track with this whole kind of intro to DD stuff and we decided collectively as a group that we are going to go one by one alphabetical order and hit each individual class episode by episode and give kind of a detailed rundown of what they are and maybe pique some interest and decide if you have are on the fence on which class you should play um so combining okay average soda with beautiful alcohol <laughs> is kind of what we're talking about today because the first class alphabetically is the newest class official by wizards of the coast and that's the artificer so and what dude like we were saying i i didn't really look into it because it's a newer class i've always just had the og handbook and kind of gone from there right but oh my like this is it's not broken, but it's such an interesting class to play. And if you know how to do it, it could be potentially like one of the coolest things. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Like I, when Tasha's came out, uh, the supplement, for those who don't know, Tasha's Cauldron of Everything. I'm sure you know. Um, and they, you listen and you know. Yeah, I, 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 I picked it up and I, I read through it and I, I got it mostly for the alternate kind of subclasses for other classes. But when I read the Artificer one, you know, when I first got Tasha's, I didn't really go through it all. I was like, oh, that's cool. Oh, cool. Yeah, th- that's nifty. It's but- almost like when you get DLC to the game, you're like, okay, I'm having fun with like the main still, but like, I'll get right. to that. Yeah. So I I never really took the time to really go through it. And this week was a really good time for me to actually, excuse me, deep dive into it. And I was kind of impressed a little bit. Um, and so I'm just going to do a quick rundown of how artificers kind of work. And then Colin, I'm going to switch over to you to kind of take it from there. Um, one thing I will say before I do this, though, I've been DMing for, oh, gosh, nine years now, seven years, eight years, eight years, eight years now. Jesus. And I have never had an artificer in any of my games. I've played like six Boy, characters. <laughs> yeah and i've never ever had one come up which is kind of uh a cool thing because i'm gonna i'm gonna bring that up later on in this episode um why i think it's kind of cool um so the artificer class is very simple you take the i say simple yeah i've never played it, it <laughs> the concept of it is somewhat simple um you take a basic tinker smith blacksmith whatever craftsman who's used to working with um just a just a craftsman you know they're making all sorts of stuff and they combine it with the arcane magic and it you get an artificer they're basically bread and butter of the class is they um you know they infuse this magic into mundane items to give them magical properties which is in itself 
pretty cool. And that's kind of what they do. There's subclasses that we're going to dive into that kind of diversify what they kind of specialize in. Um, but for the most part, they are tinkerers um, and with the arcane magic. So pulling up my notes, the class features of the artificer, um, what's kind of cool and makes it unique is in every class of D&D, they have saving throws or the kit, which saving throws are basically like, you know, if you go up against something, um, the only one coming to my mind right now, let's say you're in the middle of an earthquake, that's going to be a dexterity saving throw, try to nimbly dodge debris maybe, or try to maybe an intelligent saving throw to find the best cover, you know. If you get knocked in the nuggets some constitution. Right. So they're basically things that a dungeon master will say, hey, you're in this situation. I need you to give me XYZ saving throw to see how well your character outcomes. And there's a DC that goes along with it, difficulty class. Um, and how versed your character is in that, the better they do. Now, the Artificer is unique because they are the only class in D&D official classes that are constitution and intelligence, which is kind of cool. Um, each class has their own two that they're paired with and this is the only one with that combo and the reason why i think that is when you think about it in game being a tinkerer especially in typical medieval when you think of DD bread and butter is a heroic fantasy typically um and minimum technology so those who are diving into that aspect of the world are highly intelligent people figuring out how to make these technological advancements and then of course mixing them with magic the constitution part of it, so that explains the intelligence. The constitution of this all, as we all know from the forefront of technology throughout the years, things go wrong and they explode. Having a strong constitution dealing with sulfur, sulfuric smells, mixing with explosions, you have to have a high constitution to keep wake up a day after singeing off all your hair and being like, well, that was a good time. Now let's go try changing the ingredients <laughs> and see if we could get a different outcome so that's why they do constitution game sense um go ahead colin what do you think go ahead and take us from there that's a brief overview and i will dive in hard later on with kind of lore and then as well as just my opinions on the class features and stuff so yeah the the notes i kind of set up are like when you first pull up your your new character sheet what you're first looking at right and for the artificer, the first thing you like you kind of go for is your background that kind of sets the tone. You can do the, whatever your character wants to do, you can do that background. But if you want to like bolster stuff, you want to have things that boost your arcana, your investigation, history, nature, and religion, just things of that sort. Right. So anything like a scholar someone who's like devoted to religion more of like like you were talking about having the intelligence side it yeah. really helps like longer down the road then there are races that kind of tap into that as well like the high elf war forged and the rock gnome high elf is one of the better choices because it has like the intelligence and dexterity like you were talking about where it has the intelligence and the, the constitution but when you have the intelligence and the dexterity it kind of helps you be a little more nimble as well and that comes into the, the class builds later down. Like you can make this character almost like Batman, pretty much. Like you can be quick on your feet, tinkering shit as you go. Yeah. And that's what, like this character could be so versatile and so cool to play. And you bring up a good point, bringing up the intelligence, which is something I didn't touch on real quick. Um, they are similar to the wizard. They are an intelligence-based spellcaster which is really cool. And you kind of hit on that because the higher intelligence are, yeah, it helps with your spell casting, but there's so many cool skills that having a high intelligence are just fun. Like, you know, history, um, Nate, actually I think nature's wisdom, um, but a bunch of like, just, just being smart as a character with high intelligence score is very, very cool. When, and like you were talking about in like an old setting, you're kind of the new age of think being like this intelligent. So people kind of look at you differently. Right. So when you're like, you're building your character, you don't really care about the charisma or your strength that much. Cause you're relying on your wit and being able to kind of move quickly. And like you said, be able to take some toxic gas, some fumes like that. They're pretty strong as characters. Yeah. 
no, I agree. And what I think is reading through the class features, um, there were some key standout points for me. Um, and it, one of them was how they cast their spells, you know, yeah. it, it, they cast their spells. Like when you think of spell casting, you either think of someone with like a wand, a staff, Gandalf style wizards from Harry Potter, um, or sorcerers with their hands, with saying incantations, all this stuff, whatever you think of with magic is kind of what's going on. Um, but with artificers, what's cool is they cast magic through their tools. So whether that's like, I kind of mentioned this with the infusions that we're going to get to that, um, but they their literal casting component that they have to do is um, like through their tools like maybe they pull when they when they go to cast um like an illusion spell they pull out a mirror as a tool you know and through the mirror that's how they channel their arcane and that's that's it's really cool it doesn't really affect that much game style because they're gonna have tools on them at all times it's just it, it's kind of a cool flavor that adds to like their whole vibe <laughs> of being this like craftsman that has spells and stuff like we talked about the earlier episode, like the more you play with the role playing and that's kind of where I, I think this character has a lot of potential is within the role playing. Mm-hmm. Cause being able to know just how smart these guys are, like you said, and infusing the items instead of just like casting these incantations, like they just have tools instead of spell books and shit. Like they just, know it so well it's infused into the item it it's weirdly like through the tools and just knowledge of knowing what they're doing instead of like studying these books or just carrying around like you said totems and things like that like right and again like getting into the right tool for the job feat that they have going into not too far like it's third third level where you get right tool for the job and it kind of lays into the spell casting as well. It it kind of opens the door for a new way for like the the spell casting magic to be done. And I think it'll be kind of cool to be seen playing a little bit more now that it's out there. Right. No. And I, I it's really cool. Um. It's just it's just a unique feature. You know, the yeah. everyone else kind of just casts their own thing. The only thing close to it that I can think of is um like clerics or holy symbol they can channel through that yeah um but other than that it's pretty unique to the artificer um another thing that's just kind of about them uh unlike the sorcerer um and uh paladin any uh, rangers even who have like a small pool of spells that they know and then they can cast at a will um artificers prepare their spells like wizards and uh druids all all those kind of prep um Classes. ritualistic yeah so at the start of the day they you know they go through their list and they get to prepare them and it's similar to other things but it's kind of cool because you can flavor it in a way where it's like okay i'm gonna be preparing this darkness spell let me grab my um this black powder that i'm gonna put into like a perfume case and like through that that's how i produce this darkness spell because it it's like, like they're, it's they're practical tool. Yeah. So it's, and like, you don't have to do that. You can be like, oh, I use my hammer, slam my hammer down, darkness. You know, yeah. it's, it's just cool that that's how they do it. Um, which brings us to, I think, going into the main part of this class, their main core feature, which is infused items. So the infused items is you make mundane artifacts into somewhat magical um creations and colin do you know you want to take us on this route for a little bit oh if you know more <laughs> about this you can go ahead <laughs> okay cool i just don't want to talk too much you know no i, I got specialists after this okay cool like cool so with the, the infuse um items it, it there's a a list of magical infusions that artificers get access to and i think at every similar with 
for getting and learning new spells, you can like um, exchange these, but there's a limit to how many infusions you learn. Um, and you can infuse these items kind of like similar to charges into items and they then produce this effect. Um, and it, it, it's a really cool way. There's a minimum of how many infusions you can have on one item at a time, as well as how many items you can infuse at once. And I think it gets up to like six at level 20. I, I could be wrong on that, maybe even more. Um, I think but, it's, uh, it's equal to your intelligence. Oh, okay. So yeah, so it can get really, really high. Um, and it, it's cool. And I'm going to bring that up once we get to the armor subclass, because there's some really cool things I can go down with that one. Um, so other than the main core features, before I hand it over to Colin to address subclasses, the other thing that really, really stood out to me is like their most pad, uh, most really, really intense um, class feature to me that I think it just puts them over the edge. It's called Flash of Genius. And I'm going to actually look this up real quick so I can uh, quote from it because I don't have Tasha's right by me. But I remember reading this and just being completely blown away. So this is the definition. So when you or another creature you see within 30 feet of you make an ability check or a saving throw, you can use your reaction to add your intelligence modifier to the roll. You can use this feature a number of times equal to your intelligence modifier a minimum of once. What's crazy about this is it's so situational it's almost like bardic inspiration you know except for it's the flash of genius when you have a character That's such a cool way to word it too yeah it's like a brain blast from jimmy it, neutron it, it, right exactly and so it's like you could have your bard who's trying to smooth this captain of the guard to let you guys in after hours the gate is closed behind them they roll their charisma check they're already high on charisma and to persuade them intimidate whatever to let them through and they don't get as high enough roll even with them having jack of all trades all this stuff that makes them have high modifiers let's say they're just not there you don't think you can say let me help i'm gonna step in and you somehow with your genius you add your intelligence modifier role to it so staying within roles i think 20 is a plus five modifier that's the cap within the standard roles so yeah. at max yeah. intelligence you're adding plus five to it up to them um up to five times a day and yeah skills is cool and all but it's a reaction which means you can do oh, it. i didn't know that it was a reaction no so it's not even an action it's not bonus action it's a well i guess it's a category of bonus action it's a reaction so it doesn't That's have to be it. your turn and so in combat let's say a dragon swoops down a fire dra red dragon and releases its um breath weapon you know flames are going everywhere you guys need to roll deck saving throw you can do this a minimum of once and up to five times depending on your intelligence modifier and you can add it to saving throws so your party's failing as you can only use a one reaction you choose like let's say the healer fails you throw five at them they succeed because you through your flash of genius maybe you throw a shield at the last second who knows you maybe yeah, again, you like grab them it's just crazy it's 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 a really really good ability now that I've like, like we talked about, I've never really read this character before, but now doing it this last couple of weeks, yeah, it just feels like Batman and Iron Man, which I know are, are same, same coin, different side, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it's pretty much like how you can play the artificer if you want to be more aggro, like with the the battlesmith. You can be more of the guy where you drop in and to help your party, like you said, that spark of genius, you yeah. just have the tools available, like to just help your party out. And you can, again, the power of the role playing of it with your tools, it would be so cool situationally to like figure out how to get through stealthing, fighting, charisma, even though you're not that charismatic of a character, like just right. kind of that, that moment. It, Again, just this character opens so many cool doors for playing now. And it, it's a really cool addition. It, it is. And I'll let you take it from here with the subclasses. The last thing I'm going to say before I give you the reins is um, I, I, I'm always wrong on this, but I think you can, only <laughs> attune, you can only attune to like three or four magical items. That's it. I think it's three. I believe that's right. 
Yeah, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Whatever. It's not a lot. What's another? Light me up. Flame me in the comments. Yeah, it, I'll, take it. It. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'm wrong. I'm wrong all the time. Just ask my wife. So. <laughs> <laughs> so oh my god. Um. What's another appeal to the artificer class is as a class ability, they can just attune to more things. So it caps out at six. So it's if it's three, it's double the amount as a normal character can thing can attune to. So like it, it goes in with their infusions and stuff. But like let's just say you find a bunch of dope shit just around town. You can have six things attuned to you, which is just absolutely nuts. And it's so cool that it's built into their class. You know, they have that high enough intelligence and they're smart enough. They're geniuses to be able to manage that many magical abilities, which is very cool. Now you can go ahead with the subclasses. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, because of being a new character, there hasn't been a whole lot made but sticking to the canon of tasha's cauldron and what they dropped with the 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 book they have the four subclasses which are alchemist armor artillerist and battlesmith the alchemist is more the guy who like you were talking about is more used to the toxic chemicals using gunpowder just used to using more of the elements instead of just like bolstering himself I want to say something with this too before we move on to another one. Yeah, yeah. When I was reading the alchemist, my last thing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just an ass. I'm just gonna jump in left or right. I don't care. (laughs) So you and ass, I'm a cheek. It's all right. We're one in the same, my boy. (laughs) One in the same. Um, The alchemist. One thing that hit home with me was I'm not none of the features, but was the introduction. It said, give life and can um, take it away, in a sense. Like, yeah, there are two the- ways to play it. You know what that reminded me of? I'm going to quote Harry Potter so much. But <laughs> <laughs> it, it's straight up Snape. You know, the first Dude, exactly the first time Harry Harry's in there and he's listening to Snape, taking notes and gets in trouble for it. What a jerk. And he <laughs> says, he's like, I have you have the ability to brew fame and, like, even put a stopper to death and, like, you know, it's like, oh shit, this is the alchemist right here. Yeah, so dude. Like, with that in mind, tell us about the alchemist. Uh, when you're playing the alchemist, you uh, again, like, you can kind of play both side of it sides of it. You can be a little more aggro and kind of make the the toxic bombs be a little more in the incantations of like more mystical, almost like the uh, the arcane trickster. Kind of use your stuff for deceit. Mm-hmm. Or you can be the healer. Like you can make these healing potions. You can help people with their their arcana as well. Like there's so many different ways to play it. And oh, yeah. then there's the the armor, which like we were talking about, that you're pretty much playing Batman or Iron Man at that point. It just boosts the heck out of your uh, your dexterity and your strength, which when having an artificer, it's not the most important, but to have that extra boost on a strength, like you can be a freaking unit if you wanted to be. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. And that's something I didn't bring up, but this is the only arcane caster that is proficient with medium to heavy and shields. Yeah, And it's because of their infusions. That's the only way they were going to be able to make it work. But that's cool because a lot of a cat sorcerers wizards they can't warlocks they can't wear armor they always have have to to run in these claws they have to do concentration checks or or their skills just don't their spells don't work the artificer however can be a tanky genius caster which is really cool again like you said it almost kind of plays like a cleric but in its own way which is super cool yeah then getting into the uh the artillerist like you were talking about it kind of plays into being more of the cantrip side instead of getting deeper into the spells, but giving yourself fireball early on elemental damage, like, right. The further you go with being the artillerist, like (laughs) when I was reading notes, like trying to study up, there was one thing. It was just like 
cock your wand, cowboy, just go in blasting. <laughs> You're pretty much the, again, like you just kind of take the the damage aggro side of it when you play the artillerist, right? Yeah, it's the glass canyon. These, the canyon. So <laughs> the glass the, canyon. Hold on, what's in this seven up, bro? <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah, yeah, the the glass (laughs) cannon uh, of the artificers. I think you know they're they're strictly damage. Oh yeah, they're they're kind of more how you would play your bard or the uh, the sorcerer and a wizard. You kind of want to sit back more and just kind of throw your shit from a distance, right? Like you can get into hairy situations because it helps with your dexterity, which again kind of raises a cool thing when you don't. Like if you have the the strength and the with the armored, mm-hmm. it boosts the thing that you don't need. But it's super cool to have that extra thing to lean on when you get into situations. Almost makes you like a gunslinger, which is pretty cool. And especially having it like a spell type, it. Um, I keep saying it because it, it is true. Like it just opens so many dope doors yeah. down the road for playing this character. And then the last one is the Battlesmith. And the Battlesmith is, in my opinion, I think I like it the most because it gives you the flanking ability, which acts like a sneak attack. And as we talked about before, sneak attacks are fucking dirty later down the road. Yeah, they are. And when you have incantations and can just, like, blast someone with a spell from a side flank, dude, you are rocking some socks. Yeah. no. I think you can roll up to, like, once you have, I think, your second boost up of a sneak attack, you can do, like, a 10d8 firebolt spell. (laughs) Oh, geez. Just massive stuff. That's yeah. There, there's a lot of crazy stuff in these classes. Um, I'm gonna go in and say what my favorite things are, but like, yeah, like what I would do. But um, what I really liked about the alchemist is their feature, which is the experimental elixir. It is literally you put this brew together and you give it to someone. They're like, take this, and they're like, what's gonna happen? We'll find out, bro. <laughs> You know, it's they literally just mix this up on our walk here. It, it is literally they roll the dice and something happens. It's all good stuff. It's almost like the um, magic surge. Yeah, or uh, yeah, wild surge for the yeah, sorcerer. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's exactly like that, except for bad things that happen on that. <laughs> oh yeah, it's like nine times out of ten, not good. Yeah, and the elixir, the experimental elixir for the alchemist is really cool because it's like you can cast like a large person on them. Uh, it can heal. It can give haste abilities. I think it's just it's just cool, and it just keeps going throughout the class. So it's a really fun flavor if you want like that kind of gamble, um, witch doctor type vibe. It's kind of cool. So that, <laughs> I feel like that plays into you, like you were talking about with uh, your bard. Yeah. Would you like, like to play a little more like I, like I just like to play the spices, the man? Yeah, yeah, like. yeah. I like to play the off color, you know. Um so now that we've gone through the subclasses, what would you do, Colin? Um, I think going down the line and building it, I would my favorite class is probably the battlesmith. Cool. I, you get Which is have... cool because that's my least favorite one. So I'm glad we're on the opposites here. Listen here, man. We're about to. <laughs> oh. I'm not saying it's not good. It's just not my style. Um, and I feel like it, it's funny because even though you and I have always played together and I know your style, you know mine pretty well, mm-hmm. I'm always more of like the draw attention in the battle. And I, I like to take the attention. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> we know, dude. We know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, don't sound so excited about it. <laughs> but um, going with that class, you get to have Steel Defender, which, again, you get to have the heavy, medium to heavy armor class, which being a spellcaster or having the ability to be, like, 
it's really it, it it's cool it's, it's to be down in the trenches and just start knocking some shit out right and again with having that like you have immunities to poison you can't get charmed you don't get exhausted understand languages extra attacks it it, i'm sorry i'm a tired boy but i'm I'm like a little kid every time i like read over this i'm it just gets me flabbergasted and kind of excited yeah excited to play it yeah no i i I think that's cool um to do the battlesmith route what i what i think i would kind of do or the yeah the battlesmith um I probably would take uh, I my favorite race is dwarves and there's a huge racism against dwarves in fantasy culture. Let's break that boys. Again, um, it's funny to be <laughs> on the opposite side of the coin because I like the high elf build on yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> so there, there you go. So I would take dwarves and um, this is probably super cliche, but I would do the armorer and just become Iron Man. Like straight up, I would just just become. Can you imagine a little four or five Iron Man? Yeah, and so well, freak, I'm four or five. My machine is huge, dude. <laughs> it's a Napoleon complex, bro. That thing is like six and a half feet tall, and I'm barely over four. So the head is your body station. You're just like sitting. I'm just there. in there. I've got like panels so like I can see outside. A bunch of mirrors going on. Um, but the reason I say that, and this is why I mentioned about the. Uh, infusions with the armor class earlier um you can infuse when you take the armor class each piece of armor so you can legit become iron man you make your you can make your boots of your armor fly you can make they have this ability that is straight up pull force pull or force push away from them from their gauntlets and then on top of that you can throw all sorts of bunch of enchantments like maybe true sight on your helmet to see things you can literally literally become iron man with the arms and who does not want to be that badass so and it's probably super stereotypical i'm sure because like I said, who doesn't want to do that? But yeah. me not playing an artificer and reading these, that's what I would do for sure. Well, and even going with the Warforged as well and kind of leaning again more into that aggro. Yeah. Like being able to wield the what a heavy weapon and be able to cast incantations or put your um use the heavy weapon as a tool, like a warhammer, something like doubling your tool, like your heavy hammer tool as your weapon yeah it's crazy it's super cool it's a cool cool class um and so with that i'm going to kind of transition into the lore or do you have anything last remarks for the subclasses no i grab my popcorn i'm ready to hear the lore sir right dude grab that popcorn i'm gonna sit us around this fire and throw some spices into it drew is about (laughs) to take us on an adventure here okay so the reason why at the very start of this i said when I mentioned that not a lot of people have played artificers in my class, not a lot of people I'm exaggerating as hell. No one's played it. And I have not brought an NPC in as an artificer, maybe because I just wasn't educated on them, whatever, but it's kind of cool after looking into the lore of the forgotten realm setting, because they're very, very rare. The reason for this is a lot of civilizations just aren't that advanced. And those that were died, (laughs) the Netherese empire, uh, the, one that was on the islands of Cholt, whatever. They all kind of just, they got too big for their britches and they got humbled. They literally, their races became almost extinct. So they're rare, not as, I would say they're almost as rare as like a high level wizard. Not ninth level high, but maybe like level six. Um, Spellcasting. It's just that not a lot of people are doing both. Like, it usually takes a long time to hone one craft. Like a wizard will spend hundreds and thousands of years if they have the longevity for it to protect their arcane gifts. Same thing with blacksmiths and tinkers. They will spend years and years under apprenticeships, engineers to be good at this. Taking on the task of then learning one or the other is kind of intense, you know? And I, I think for that is why they're rare. And also 
it's like the turning of the age, you know, technology for most settings, Eberron excluded, um, technology is not that advanced. Sure. You're barely seeing stuff getting into like black powder with guns, with bringing in gunslingers, excuse me, fireworks, stuff like that. But that's about the extent, you know, there's not high intense freak. We don't have indoor plumbing. We don't have anything. So having these arcane gifted casters mixed with this tinkery thing is incredibly rare. Um, and so in the lore, you find most of them in big cities and they're very rare at that. So artificers typically, I looked in kind of the religion, what deity they worship, if any, and a big portion of them majority worship the God Gond, which is known as the Holy master of all things, Holy maker, sorry, Holy maker of all things, literally just the God of creation. He's the first artificer in the, in the realms. Um, he, yeah, he just creates things and he has a lot of beef with Mistra or, Oh geez, whatever her other name is. Um, it, the deities of magic, the, uh, of magic, because he holds in respect creation over than magic, even though he uses both to create things. Yeah. So typically you find, um, artificers in games at temples of Gond. Um, the two, biggest ones in the world uh, the most known is the high holy craft house of inspiration uh, and as in the nation of lantern which was one of the nations that got way too big and died and then slowly been back and now they're a little more secluded um mm. and then the high house of wonders in baldur's gate pretty badass names you know and so it's described and i'm getting all this from the D wiki i'm uh, you can go and find this information on your own. Um, but they're described as these temples as like gear houses. Yeah. They, they themselves are machines. Like it's really cool. Um, there's it's almost this... like finding the, uh, the, the Dwemer catacombs. Right. The... In Skyrim. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So these temples, um, the artificers are working on a bunch of crazy stuff. Like in Baldur's Gate, there's this car, this three-wheeled car that costs a ton of money to make. And it literally is a, a trike. You know, it has a big flatbed in the back that you can load up a bunch of stuff, a driver and a passenger. And yeah. it's like a very, very small Tacoma. <laughs> and um, it says it can handle this is flat. This a basic Tacoma. It's a, it's a very high advanced thing because it says in the description of this thing that can only handle flat terrain. So by no means is this meant for an adventurer who's out in the wild. No, he's not. Yeah. But if he's like, yeah, I own a summer house in Baldur's Gate, whatever. The time's pretty good. You want to go rad with me in my three wheel? Yeah, we could do that. That's kind of cool. That's a cool. big deal. That's kind of cool. Um, and especially because in lore that they're kind of moving into this um, – automation mechanical age it's it's cool where that we're getting there yeah and the last thing not the last thing but um let's see what else i want to say oh um if they didn't worship gond there's a couple other small deities that they could have worshipped but quite a bit of those like little off branches yeah and quite a bit of them were actually atheists you know they they saw science as their lady and they went with it um or they worship mistra the god of magic because they you know they dapple in both yeah so that's that's pretty much it um if you are an artificer who belongs to the de- religion of gone because that's like majority i would say like 90 percent of them are so that's what i'm focusing yeah. on the most and i think it'd be cool maybe later in this podcast we'll go through the deities and hit them one by one that'd be a huge overtaking but we might um and but gone encourages fo- followers to travel and help rural settlement settlements. So they would, you might encounter an artificer who's like on a pilgrimage going from town to town, maybe shoeing horses, maybe coming up with some irrigation system for crops, yeah. um, making a forge better, um, stuff like that. Uh, just kind of sometimes help. a little more humble. They're tech, they're tech missionaries. That's what yeah. they are. They're literally going from town to town, trying to help people out the best they can. So they're overall really accepted because they're yeah. not doing this for any real type of money um they do accept donations and that's encouraged and they do have to check in with the big wigs and let them know if they've discovered anything or if they got any big donations stuff like that so they do seem like a tight-knit group um so after kind of looking into the lore um i wanted to know 
really like, I'm going to do this with every class, who the most notable artificer is. And it could be because it's such a new class, but in the realms, it's not really that new. Yeah. Um, I couldn't come up. I couldn't find any like, oh, this is the best artificer in the world. Couldn't find it at all. The only (laughs) the only ones I could find, because since Magic the Gathering is in D&D now because of Wizards of the Coast and the Guilds of Ravnica, um, we can say Tezzeret from MTG was and he was pretty much an armor artificer. You know, he did a bunch of repaired his body parts turn him into metal stuff like that so you could say he's one of the most notable in the D world i'm sure there's other artificers in the mtg setting that i just don't know about that might be better than him yeah. um, i just ran a campaign with him as the main villain so i know quite a bit about him <laughs> and then there is someone in the realms that came up known as decanter and she is the prophet of the church of gond she's the high artificer um so i'm assuming she's badass like that that point that she had to get here to be but it doesn't really say anything that she's done yeah and mostly what she does now is govern so like she'll sit at the table with all the other artificers big wigs and we'll talk to them about like hey let's try to push this um tech not this tech this this month or almost like, like a hero who like has the stories of like glory but you don't see it anymore yeah so like it. it just yeah i couldn't i looked i dove deep and i couldn't find anything on her but i'm sure she's a great artificer so you could throw her into the game as like kind of just showing how cool artificers are and you kind of just have to tweak it a bit but she pretty much is the speaker for gond on Faerun the world so that's kind of cool um yeah, and last thing before we move on to our last segment on um, story backstories um, is most artificers were old, and most of them were not human. The reason for this, like I mentioned, with the longevity with magic and tinkering, typically takes artific- a long time to learn. Takes a shit. long time. So most of them were gnomes, dwarves, elves, mostly um, because they were able to spend many years studying one the other combining both of them you know and so i think most artificers that you would encant in, in, encounter in the world would be either elf dwarves or gnomes um or some other um race as gifted uh, long age so those would typically be the ones to see i think this decanter was a gnome um so yeah you can take that as you will but that's typically what you would see as an artificer just because it takes a long time um to you know perfect it so this brings us to our very last portion which is backstories and i've got a couple good ones um but i've been talking for a little bit colin do you have any cool backstories that you kind of took away from this that you would do for your character the couple that were drawing my attention when I was looking at it was kind of like you said, where they have that backstory of being almost extinct or pushed out of where they were, almost kind kind of being this nomadic character where, again, you can play like both sides of the coin being the artificer. You can be the nomad that kind of like wreaks havoc and just kind of plays money, almost like a mercenary. Right. Or you could be the nomad where you go around helping people, just like building these things to, to better the community. Mm-hmm. And then there's the scholarly one where you can, like you said, have your age of just learning all of these spells and different ways to make tools better, make things better, but you kind of keep to yourself and yeah. just kind of keep your knowledge. You almost thought, I forget what the the actual background is specifically, but almost being like a hermit. Yeah, like just like a wander off on your own type of thing. Outlander might be one of the backs backgrounds it would take. Yeah, yeah. But it, it almost not almost it does come with uh, not having that high of charisma. You're not really a people person. Mm-hmm. So nine times out of ten, either you're held in high regard, like in the in the tower doing your things to help the kingdom or you're out in the wilderness or in like wherever you live doing your own thing coming in when you need to like you said checking in with the big wigs yeah 
And yeah, I, I think you're right with that. Um, another thing I'm going to mention about the lore that I didn't, a lot of artificers, although accepted with royal communities, um, there was a lot of organization that prosecuted them and saw them as kind of, <coughs> you know, villains. It's almost like, what? yeah, it's like witchcraft. If you see yeah. you know, magic or like things just happening without explanation, you get ostracized. And it, it, it kind of plays in with that, again, the the uh, role-playing of it all, you, you don't really get accepted. And I think that plays off of how you treat humanity. Yeah. And again, it can go near backstory. Like if you weren't accepted, did you hate people for it? Or did you understand it because you were so smart? Like, mm-hmm. and that's why you just drop in and help, but you don't really stay. Yeah. And I, I think what, um a really cool story that i would do and if a player who was playing an artificer brought this to me as like session zero i would literally lose my shit i'd be like dude (laughs) here's my notes on what i want to do for this campaign throw them chuck them in the fire i don't care let's run this this. your story now let's let's run this i'm going to talk to all the other guys we're making y'all artificers we're running this story um and that's what I took away with this when I read in the lore that they were kind of prosecuted, especially by fanatics of Mistra, the goddess of magic, it kind of reminded me of like similar stories that we've heard in our our world, you know, um, with the Illuminati, the Rosicrucians, and the Catholic Church. So you could play into your artificer that you're part of this secret organization, this guild of artificers trying to uncover like this ancient um, technologies of like the Netherese or the Lantern Empire before they exploded um, and to further humanity's uh, tech to help everyone's lives better. However, with every great thing comes opposition and you bring in the extremists of mistra who are trying to stop this at all costs and as your character you check in with your uh, guild every so often and one by one they keep dying off and you're left with this small group of crusaders of technology trying to find this lost tech of the empire and try to help people meanwhile being hunted by these zealots of magic trying to prevent technology from being spreaded because if we've seen the movie onward, we see magic fades with technology advances. So making things easier, why would you bother to learn magic, making Mr. more obsolete and gone higher in authority? Um, so keeping things in check, these zealots would try to kill these artificers. Almost and like having a, a sick revenge story. It would just be cool to play a story, like an arc for the, a player who brought that to me and being like, so pretty much... I'm the Illuminati and the Catholic church is trying to kill my organization help. <laughs> and I think that would be so fun to play, especially yeah. because it is kind of this pilgrimage of technology in this, um, this day and age that this setting takes place. So that was the first one that, um, that really hit home with me. And I think that would be so cool. Um, and then the other one, this one's um, more so, uh just like a, a kind of an anime vibe um you your backstory how you became an armorer essentially artificer is you were messing around with dark magic trying to bring a loved one back boy are you just about to, you do full metal something went wrong and your body <laughs> is gone your soul is thrown into the only close object that was there which was the suit of armor yes i am That's talking so about full, sick. i am so talking sick, i am talking about full metal alchemist, uh, alchemist there um you can literally play that character and you're on your mission to hopefully maybe you take a dark route i want my body back i want to put my soul into a body what do you do you try to find a lich uh, an apoth- apothecary apothecary whatever they call it yeah. and try to replicate and build a body um meanwhile perfecting this armor and you could work with your dm stable yeah and you can work with your dm dm maybe saying your soul is human but maybe you take the race of the warforged just for statistics and immunities and stuff like that um but yeah you literally would be this full metal alchemist character which would be really fun especially those who are big fans brotherhood and such might be a draw to play um that's really it for the artificer class for me um um last thing i think we need to do 
is rate it. Um, how likely would you play it after what we've gone through, Colin? Dude, I'm, I'm a full 10 out of 10. I'm not going to lie. After 10 for 10. After fully diving in and your beautiful explanation of the lore and the things that I didn't fully get to get into in my studying, like this is such a cool new character to play. And right. if I'm wrong, again, bust me in the comments. I'll, I'll probably find out for myself if I try to play it. Yeah. No, and I, I think you're right. It, the uh, 10 for 10 on, I think it's cool. My likelihood of playing it, I don't, like, it was cool. And there are things I would want to maybe experiment with. But for me, I think I put it as a 7 out of 10. And that's just my desire to play. And yeah, no, I, well, that's interesting, right? Now that you bring it up, sorry to extend this longer than you no, said. But no, you're <laughs> good. You're good. Yeah, I, I'd say rating it as an overall character, 10 out of 10, but my playability on it was probably like hard seven, soft eight. Yeah, for sure. But and again, I feel like it could get complex because I don't know if y'all have noticed, I get a little simple minded from time to time. <laughs> no. But... <laughs> I lose my attention span. I have ADOS, <laughs> attention deficit, oh, shiny. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, dude, the, with having all the different things that you can do with the class, I feel like it could get a little confusing, especially like we're talking about having your first character. Right. I feel like it would be a little bit overwhelming, but for someone who's been playing a little bit, I feel like it'd be a little bit more fun. Yeah. And I think as a class, as a whole, like what they give, there's a lot of, especially with the four subclasses they give us right out the gate, there's a lot of different routes you can take, you know, and I'm a big utility guy. Like I don't want to be tied down as a glass canner here. I like the middle ground. That's well, my, it it's my favorite class, you know? Yeah. And I think there is quite a bit of that here, especially with the alchemist, the armor, and then you have the other two, which are a little bit more one-dimensional. Um, yeah. But it, it is it is cool. And so my desire to play it is 7 out of 10. The class itself, I would say, is 8 out of 10. And the reason why we're doing this, and, and I'm sure Juan, uh, I'll talk to him out of camera, and we'll see um, what his rating are after he listens to this. Because I want, at the end of this, after we hit all the classes, we'll go through and rate them one by one at how strong we personally think they are. We and gotta do the S to F class type thing. Yeah, we can do a ranking. Um, yes. So it, it, it's going to be. If you do a ranking video, you done made it. I hope you know that. <laughs> we'll we'll see we'll see what happens, but um, <laughs> that's it for the artificer class. Really, really cool. I got to clear the smoke out of my workbench here because I have literally been working on this paper this whole time because I'm a badass artificer, magic with the pen. Um, but. What I got to say, final remarks, it is a cool class. The flavor is awesome, and it's the newest class to D&D official from Wizards of the Coast, which is a good time. So if any of the other classes seem boring, this one adds a lot of fruit of excitement. So, but Everybody needs their fruit. That's right. And, <laughs> but for us at uh, Beyond the Board, I, I think that's it. Colin, do you have any last words on the podcast? I don't want you to talk about life again. <laughs> love your mother <laughs> here we go that's all that's all love your mother amen or your father <laughs> or both or none your call your life <laughs> and that's why we play DD so we can have many lives anyways thank you all for so much for listening as always tell us what you want tell us what you like tell us what you want to hear um and tell us what you don't like it helps so much and please rate us one to five stars. It doesn't matter. We just like to get rated. So, and we like you. We do. We appreciate you so much. So, we'll talk to you guys next week. And well, you will just be listening to me. I won't be talking. I'm sorry, but we'll. I'll talk to you. We'll hear from you next.